Chelsea Football Club are 14th in the Premier League table. We have won just five games in the Premier League in the entire year of 2023. And we have spent a billion pounds. What is going on? Is this the end of Chelsea Football Club? Roll the intro. Welcome back to the Lost in Possession podcast. If you're here for the first time, do us a quick favour and hit that subscribe button. If you want to see my weekly misery as Chelsea lose yet another match, it is absolutely free and worth doing. So do yourself a favour, do us a favour, you know the drill. So as I said in the intro, we've got to start with some statistics. Chelsea, 14th in the Premier League table. Only one win this season so far, which was against Luton, who are set to be one of the worst premisides of all time. And in the entirety of 2023, that is nine months, nine whole months, we've won just five Premier League matches, despite spending over a billion pounds. Domino's Pizza have delivered 852,000 pizzas since we last scored a goal. That's a stat I bet you didn't expect. <laughs> We're in absolute shambles right now. I'm falling out of love with the club. The fans are falling out of love with the club. Let's let's pass it over to you guys. Where do you think the problem is right now with Chelsea Football Club? God, where to start? Where to start? Um, just adding on to the Domino's Pizza, that also means Chelsea's men's goal of the month has to come from training. Um, I'm not sure if they even scored there, but we'll, we'll have to see. Uh, I really don't know where you can start. Like, I think it has to start from Bowley taking over and sort of his... I guess it's got to be from his vision of what where he wants the club to go. Now you've... I think you've said a billion spent, but I think in both them windows, you've kind of gone with a whole new strategy, which obviously isn't, isn't reassuring for Chelsea fans because it's got worse really since implementing wanting to sign sort of younger players it's really not worked and weirdly the last team that went right we're going to sign young players that in the premier league was southampton <laughs> and they got relegated and your form is relegation worthy so the old saying of you'll win nothing with kids is getting even you won't survive in the premier league with kids it's really where it's going to. I don't know how Chelsea get out of it at in the short term because you miss the you miss the most fundamental part of the game, which is scoring goals. And there's no there's no like you need another you need another transfer window to sort that out, unless some academy player just gets chucked in and he starts firing because no one else seems to be. Yeah. I'm not, Reece, I'm not, I'm not sure yeah. one player I'm not sure one player even solves it at this point. There seems just no such a collective lack of confidence, lack of mentality. And another stat before Reese Reese begins, but I mean Harlan's a bit of an exception, so maybe it's a bit of a bad stat, but Harlan since debuting in the Prem had scored more goals than our, our entire club has. Um <laughs> I mean, Newcastle, you know, in their 8-0 win, I'm sure scored more goals than we have probably for a couple of months. Um, yeah, every, definitely every this season. Yeah, 
Every, yeah, yeah. Every stat you look at is, is just embarrassing. Um, Reese, what's your what's your thoughts on it? Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it's a rebuild of a rebuild, isn't it? Um, I think, I think it's very easy to blame Bowley, but I think the problems had already started with Abramovich. I think the Champions League win for Tuchel papered over a lot of the cracks. Um, regardless of my opinion on on the Champions League, so to speak, is irrelevant. It did paper over the cracks. He was allowed to bring in a big load of players, don't forget, and they didn't work out. You know, um, and then I think it was a very rushed transfer window last season, and I think Tuchel was very unhappy with that, of course. And then, of course, it's happened again, or it's not worked. Now, of course, yes, you spent a billion, but you have also churned out a lot of players. That's problem number one, a big churn of players in a short space of time. Okay? You can't you can't expect results overnight and expect people to gel so quickly. I think making a big deal of the money you've spent on certain players, I think you spent £100 million on three players in, in the last couple of years. Lukaku being one of them. Sesedo had Enzo Fernandez. Fernandez is probably the only one at the moment that actually has worked so far. But it's that's not that all that sort of thing doesn't help. But I think there's there's a mixture of things going on, which I'm sure we'll dissect, of course, over over the course of these sort of of this podcast. But you're playing a risky game at this moment in time. And it's a matter of how much time do you get before thing starts all over again I don't know I don't know but yeah it's a very very strange feeling at Stamford Bridge at the moment yeah I mean I, I can vouch for it yesterday and, and obviously the the games this season last season there is just almost a, a universal acceptance now that we're not going to compete and uh, well, I don't mean acceptance like in in the bigger picture but I was not, no Chelsea fans who sit around me were remotely confident of us getting a result at home to Aston Villa. And and you go back to the, you know, I say recent, fairly recent history still, but, you know, the Mourinho era at Chelsea, where not only did we not, you know, we didn't, there was no doubt we'd win the game. Do you know what I mean? Like complete two ends of the spectrum. Like Chelsea's Mourinho, sorry, Mourinho's Chelsea in that era of, of that record-setting home run were just like the, every team, every opposition team have already lost the game before they've stepped on the pitch. Like there's a psychological game as well. And we've seen it recently with a little bit with United, I think, as well this season where teams don't fear us anymore because we've had such a long run with no real leadership, no real ownership. And just an absolute nightmare of results. Every single team, although we beat Luton, I genuinely believe even Luton probably fancied their chances at, at trying to get a result against us. You saw Bournemouth, you know, the other week, genuinely disappointed at the end of the game that they had not beaten us. It's just a complete, and I'm not saying you can fix that side overnight, but as soon as you get this bad momentum, the media turn on you, the fans turn on you, and suddenly all these clubs start fancying a game against Chelsea. And then you've got the dip in player confidence. So there's so many elements to undress. But I think for me, if I had to pick one, 
I think one of you just touched on it, it is 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 the final third. I honestly, I mean it when I say this, I could do a better job up front than every single one of our attacking six, seven, eight players. Like, and that is not that is not an ounce of a lie. When we get into the final third, I mean, even, even the Villa game, let, let's talk the Villa game. Sterling, one-on-one. Yes, he was offside, but he fires it into the keeper. Jackson, one-on-one, fires it. In, admittedly, it was a good save from Martinez. Fires it into the goalkeeper. You know, let, let's talk Jackson. I'm not going to dig out Jackson because he's a new young signing. Like, give the boy some time. But stats-wise, this, this season so far, he's created an XG of 4.32. 4.32 and he scored one goal. You compared, and again, bad to compare him to Haaland, but Haaland has an XG of, you know, let's say whatever it is, 25. He's scoring 25 goals. Do you know what I mean? Well, he, he, to the, this season, he's 7.88 and he's got eight goals. Oh, yeah, there you go. Perfect example. <laughs> so perfect, yeah. yeah. Um, and and yeah, I'm not just digging out Jackson, but like that's that's one issue. Um, and, and we can t- we'll talk ownership in a bit, but Another another stat, and this this one this one's really really mind blowing. Almost big chances created so far in the Prem this season. Top of the table, Newcastle and Liverpool seventeen. Then it's Tottenham and Brighton on sixteen, and then it's Chelsea and Man City on fifteen. So we have created the same number of big chances this season as Man City. We're up there in the top four with all the other big sides in the league, and yet we're in fourteenth place. So the issue is clear. The issue is exactly what I've just said. We cannot do anything in the final third. The build-up play, the the attacking, getting into the final third in the box is actually lovely. And stats-wise, is up there with all the best teams in the league. But when you get in that final third, when you get in the box, we are absolutely diabolical. And for me, that's the, that's the big issue at the minute. Well, this isn't something brand new news, though. I could have told you that probably two, three years ago, though. Chelsea weren't... Chelsea, I don't think since... Well, I don't think since Drogba, you've had a proper striker. Not one that's going to score you a fair amount of goals. I don't I don't remember one. I might, like, obviously... I'll you're the Chelsea Costa, fan. to be fair. Costa, Costa would... Costa had one season, didn't he, that he did it? Probably, I think it was. Well, winning the... Yeah. But, yeah. I'd say the actual old-school striker that you just, you know... No, no, one who scored yeah, goals. Just just scored goals. Forget about fearing. It's actually scored goals. Diego Costa then. Him, him then Drogba. Like, that's ridiculous for how much... Like, forget about, forget about like, the actual billion part. It's mad how much you've spent Abramovich, then Bowley, to not sort out your striker position. Bringing in Jackson. Like... Surely you got to think, right? We're bringing we're bringing two strikers, and this is why I, I think I said to you when you signed Palmer, I didn't understand it because that's another winger on your books, and you've got you've got probably enough <laughs> for for the positions, and not a striker. So forget like how good Palmer is or bad he is, sort of thing. That's irrelevant. It's the position and what you needed, and to be honest, that should come down to Bowley. Or Poch, or both. And I, I said to you, I think I've said to you before, I don't think Poch is going to survive at Chelsea. I think it's going to turn, it's going to turn toxic very soon. And to be honest, I thought it to- turned toxic based on the results already. 
yeah. it sounds like you're already you're already getting to the position where you're fed up. You're you're turning up to a game going, we're probably going to lose, mm-hmm. and it doesn't matter who you play. Like the yeah, like the fact you said you went away to Bournemouth, drew nil nil, and Bournemouth were the disappointed team with the result. Like you you were, but that was more on paper kind of scenario. I saw fantasy football sort of videos that I was watching. I was amazed that everyone put their Aston Villa defenders on going, they're going to keep a clean sheet against Chelsea. I'm confident in that. They put players against Sheffield. They put Newcastle defenders on the bench for like cash because they were more confident of Chelsea not scoring than Sheffield United. The stats back it. (laughs) Well, they're both nil. They both didn't score, so <laughs> it didn't really matter. Apart from Newcastle went mental and s- scored a load, but it's it's mind-boggling that it's happening. But I do feel like Poch is Poch's comments coming out going, "I know the results aren't good enough," blah blah blah. But I've already started seeing like um, I don't know if it's actually a Chelsea fan TV kind of scenario, but it's a fan-led sort of media program like show. They're getting fed up of Poch's comments because comments and comments at the moment are going over every Chelsea fan's head and they should because they're, they're watching it with their own eyes, seeing the results every week. It's plain and simple, just not good enough. And what I'm baffled by is if you bring up the squad, how are they doing that badly? Because the stat that you didn't bring up, Jordan, was in 2023... If you ignore the teams that got promoted and relegated, Chelsea are joint bottom with Everton for points in 2023. And they're only, and Everton have, I think, a game in hand or two games in hand now. Two games in hand on you, and you're only you're only slightly better than them on goal difference. Yeah, and we, we talk about Everton being this dreadful side, thinking we're like, they're going to be in a relegation battle. They look, they've look, they looked rubbish. Now, they've played quite well against Brentford the other, uh, the other week, but like ignoring that, they've been rubbish. And that's how bad you've been. And for how much you've spent, ignoring that, the players that you've got, the, the quality in your players, if you compare them to Everton's, there's no comparison. Like you'd pick, you'd pick the whole squad over Everton's. I don't think there's a player in the squad that really gets into Chelsea's squad. Like that's and that's how bad you're doing, and I just I, I just don't understand it. I really don't because <laughs> I actually think Luton will score get more points than what you've got in 2023 this season, and they're 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 dreadful. Reese, have you got anything to add to? Yeah, just look, dreadfulness. <laughs> as someone who's seen some very terrible football at Arsenal at times. I can sympathise in some ways. It's all good saying I enjoy your suffering, but you are a friend. I don't really want to see you suffer, although it is very funny. Oh, come on. It's funny. Really. It is funny. We are laughing. Let's be but honest. In reality, right, if you want to look at the top, okay, Todd Bowley's intentions are good. Okay, He wants success. If he didn't want success, he wouldn't spend money. He spent a lot of money. Okay, And he's trying to implement a very American approach to the game. Um. And I hope it does work because I want the game for the sake of the game. An American approach is better, but of course that's a topic for a different story topic for a different day. I mean, um, but the problems from here is, is that the money spending, they're spending hundred million pound on players who are not worth a hundred million pounds. So say though, 
no matter how good he was last year, it's not worth that money. They're they're the players you should be hundred million should be spent on the world class players, the established stars. Okay, you know if you really wanted to, you could probably got Verratti for like thirty million even. But you're supposed to find the Sosedos as diamonds in the rough. You know the ones you find as a five ten million pound bargain. You've not been doing that. You've been spending it all on youngsters who still had points to prove. Okay, on Football Manager that works. It works, but it doesn't work in real life. You can't win things with kids. That is, that is to me, a proven fact. So they've not gone out and bought established players. They've bought players with young potential. They're banking on young potential. Okay. In two years' time, they could all click and it could all work. So, but that's not for two years. That's two years' time. You know, football is not as forgiving as it is, as it used to be. Could be in a championship. You never know. It is. Football isn't forgiving. Win some games. American, American sports, they do that. They have the potential and they let them grow. Okay. But you can't make a living off potential. You have to get the job done. And at this moment in time, they can't live off potential. They should have been spending the £100 million on an established star. You could argue they did that with Lukaku, but I'd argue this is a different kettle of fish. You could probably find a different type of player in the positions they've got. So on top of that, they've signed a lot of players. Okay, Pochettino didn't even know who Saar was, I believe, in a press conference. Okay, that's I, I don't look too much into that. At the end of the day, he has a lot to worry about in his play. But there's a lot of players you've got to keep happy. So the manager then has to keep trying to play players out of position to try and fit other players in. I think he put Enzo as an attacking midfielder, I think, at the weekend. He's not an attacking midfielder. He's more of a defensive midfielder, deep line playmaker, whatever you want to call it. And he does great there. So he's trying to juggle all these players. So how are these players going to get better if they're not able to play enough? Mudrick, who seems to look like the only one who can attack, gets hauled off. Cole Palmer looked great. Okay, so they've got to play. He needs to find what his starting eleven is. Regardless of those other players, those other players have got to then fight for their place. Okay, I'd argue that he doesn't know who they are yet. On top of that as well, he hasn't got the experience. He's only got Thiago Silva. And yes, he's a leader. You need another two players in there. This is where they probably shouldn't have let Azpilicueta go, for example. Yeah. Then they're playing players who they were trying to get rid of. He made Conor Gallagher a captain not long ago. He was touted to being out in the summer. You know, they let Z they tried to let Ziyech go and then played him the next game. I find that very strange. If you want a player that don't want to be there, if he's causing up a stink, why are you playing him? Fair enough, he might have been happy, but you're still trying to get rid of him. As a manager, you want to say, look, you're just not in my plans and freeze them out. As horrible as that is, you've got to freeze them out. That's football. You know, players are going to treat you like that. So you've got that problem. Then you've got the contract issue. Again, the American idea is you sign players up on long-term deals. But these young players don't warrant these long-term these long deals. These players should be given, you know, should be earning their way into the first team. But instead, they're getting everything handed to them already. So immediately, they're sort of, well, I'm set for life now. You know, I can leave this club in seven years' time when my contract expires. I don't need to leave. You know, I don't need to leave. And then... So basically, they've completed football. They're done. You know, they're fine. They're happy. That's another problem. On top of that, none of these players have resale value. Chelsea don't need to be looking to make profit of players, but it's still nice to. You know, you're looking at a loss on all these players if you somehow got relegated or they don't work out. Mm. No one's going to pay 100 million for Sacedo. You know, no one's going to play 80 million for Mudrick at this moment in time. I can only say 
Hasoda is a perfect example, right? Let, let's say he lives up to the hype and he becomes one of the, you know, Kante region, one of the best CDMs in the world. Who's going to, you're not going to pay 200 mil for him. You might pay 100, and this is a, this is a best case scenario. Maybe he's worth 120, 130. We paid 115. So even if he become, uh, if he becomes the best player in the world, whatever, we're not going to sell him. But the point is, I, I completely agree with you. Enzo Fernandez, phenomenal player. And I again, I, I do genuinely believe he could be like one day top five players in the world. But you still ain't going to sell him for 200 mil. There's, there's, there's no, even in the best case scenario, there's no resale value. So you're, you're spot on. And this is it. Is So I'd say the resale thing is a minimal problem at the moment. So he, you know, he's got too many players in too many positions where it's so hard to juggle. And he needs to get that start in 11 right. And he needs to be ruthless and tell the players that he doesn't actually really want there. You know, they've been unlucky with injuries, but they have the depth to sort that problem. I think realistically, they should have, like I said, gone for the experience. They should have gone for Mares, really. I wouldn't have worried about Cole Palmer. I would have gone for Mares. City, City didn't want to lose him. You know, they were happy to let Cole Palmer go in the end. But we should have gone for him or Gundogan, someone who's there, they've got something, okay, we've got something that can help with the younger players. But they haven't. So now they've then got to, you know, deal with these consequences, which is going to be very, very tough to get out of. And that causes all these problems to set from the inside and players, you know, then don't want to be there. They haven't got the right mentality. They haven't got the right attitude. So Potty's in an unforgiving situation. It's really, you know, he, he, he managed to get it to click at Spurs because he managed to, he didn't have to have that big inflated squad. You know. There's no pressure as well, bear that in mind. He's, he's bringing pressure. young players through and he's not spent a billion. So he's yeah, not yeah. got that pressure of starting and dropping players. Exactly. And then, you know, I would say he probably handled the egos at PSG pretty well. So he, he's had that experience, but he's got too much on his plate to have to deal with and they need to trim the squad again. Yeah, so they just they can't just sack the manager again. Okay. Otherwise you're just gonna keep repeating it, repeating it, repeating it. You need someone who can coach young players. He is perfect for that. But bring in some experience, trim the squad again, let a couple of players go out on loan. They're not gonna play, you know, send them out on loan. You know, don't just say I want them out and then start playing. Okay, that's just pointless. They'll, they'll get it to click. They just need to settle the squad. And at the moment, the squad isn't settled. And it's going to take time. You know, it's it's been a farce from top to bottom because everyone has these good ideas and intentions. It's just not worked out. But the reason why Mourinho went for established stars when he was first in charge or second in charge is because it's the easiest route for him. Yeah. You know, he didn't have time to bring up these players. If you want to give Pochettino time, give him time. But the fans have to expect that too. It might be a couple of rough seasons. Financially, it will not hurt them too much because they've got a lot of money. But just don't go for another rebuild. They can't afford to rebuild again in January. No. We've got enough, there's enough young potential in the squad now. But the problem is, is, as you just said, it's the lack of those leaders. The reason it worked for Mourinho, and again, it was a bit of a different era, but you need those, you know, those... What, what's it? What I'm trying to think of the word, but those sort of hard knocks, gritty, old school players who, when shit's going, you know, shit hits the fan, they're going to grind out. They're going to grab people by the, the neck almost, and and they need, they and need that through a result. 
they need that core and they need to play players in the positions they need to be and you need to set on that starting eleven. Diego Silva should be a guaranteed starter for them. Enzo Fernandez in that defensive midfield role. Four three two one if they really want to. Okay, then you've got to work out. I personally would think Madwiki's good enough on the right wing, but of course you might want to play Palmer there. So that's your choice. The striker, of course, is the issue, but I think you can contribute with goals elsewhere if you really have that explosive positioning. But everything's just been a mess from good intentions. Mm. Like I said, when the game game does get more American, because it will, it will work. And hopefully it does. But at the moment, it's just not working. And they've set a bad tone when really they should have been saying, you should want to come to this club. We will give you three years, but we'll extend it by another two after a year or whatever. You've got to prove yourself. All these players have already got an easy out. Cole Palmer, yes, he's a good player, but he must be laughing. He's left City, gone to Chelsea, been offered more money, probably more bigger contracts. Seven-year seven contract, it says. So these players should be leaving at their peak. But realistically, are they going to? You know, it's all a bit of a mess and it's going to take time. Once the players come back, you know, he's got he's got to work it out. And I think Potocino is going to have to be very hard line with this and work out who he wants and who he doesn't want. And even if they don't buy anyone in January, they don't need, because they don't need to. What they need to do is trim this squad first of all and get a settled starting eleven. But it's impossible to do that when you're trying to please a hundred other players in this starting eleven. Yeah. I think an issue, though, with sort of Poch is he doesn't even know what formation he wants to play. Because all through pre-season, he played a back four. Game week one against Liverpool, plays a back five. He's played a, he played a few back fives. Now he's gone back to a back four. Then he leaves out your actual left back of Chilwell out of the team once going back to a back four. Now, Chilwell is more of a left wing back than a left back, but... It'd still be both. So that's where it's very confusing. I don't think Poch even knows what his best formation is. Yeah, so that makes it even harder. Tough to know, yeah, if you've got so many players. I just think he should stick to what he had at Spurs. I think it was a 4 2 3 1 he went for, if not a 4 3 3. Which is what he's trying now. He but, but then he's... he doesn't have the players for it because he's playing Enzo Fernandez as the, the cam. Yeah, because he's then he's, not, got, he's, he's not, got to accommodate Caicedo. They're both two... And, La- and then he's got Lavia as well. You've spent, what, over them three players, 250 million? And then he's got Gallagher he needs to fit in, who actually they were trying to sell. It, it's But then it's... you don't need to. He can be a backup. But what I'm saying is they should have gone, right, we've got Caicedo, we've got Fernandez, we need a cam. Who's a cam out there? No, they went, oh, we'll get another CDM of Lavia. Now, it was all well and good, Jordan, you were laughing at Liverpool for taking both of their targets because they needed a CDM. But it's kind of gone, well, there's 250 million here. I've kind of got to play them all. Like, I think Lavia's still out, so it's not really an issue just yet, but it's still an issue because then it's kind of like you're forced to play them because you spent that much money on them. Even though they're young... You can't really embed them through when you've spent a hundred million on a player. He's got to start. Like he could not start one game, but you can't be starting. You can't be not starting for five games in a row, kind of scenario. The point is, if they're not playing regularly, how they're going to get better? So he needs to settle on this starting eleven. You know, 
And when he gets the injuries, the players coming back, it's great, but he's also got another problem because he's now got to juggle who he wants to play. You've got Nkunku. He could probably play the centre attack. But in the meantime, you know, Cole Palmer might play there. But if he's stronger on the right wing, where Madwiki plays, you're then going to affect one of them, you know, Mudrick on the left. And then, you know, I don't think this is a team that needs wing-backs, as far as I'm concerned. They've got too many, too much attack up front to be... They've got too many wingers. They've got too many wingers and too many CDMs. I think Palmer can play... Based on what I've seen, Palmer actually should be playing behind the striker. We've got enough he can play. Instead. He can play there, but his natural position is on the wing. Mm. So then then Poch could be going, well, you're playing him out of position. Like they said with Chilwell, and you, I think you said that some fans were moaning that Chilwell was starting because yeah. he was taking a left wing spot. Yeah. And he's not a, he's not a left winger. No. He's very attacking, don't get me wrong, but he's not a left winger, won't score enough goals, won't get enough assists. Overcomplicated. You want. But... Yeah, they've overcomplicated it, but I don't think when they've built the squads, they've actually thought about the exact positions we need. Whereas if you look to Arsenal's transfer window, they went, right, we need a we need a CDM or a, at least a CM, bought rice. Um we need another sort of centre back, right back, went and bought timber. So and then went, Oh, we probably need another goalie. Got him Raya. Arsenal thought about what positions we need, got them positions, and I think Chelsea have just gone, oh, he's good, I'll try and buy him. Oh, yeah, he plays in the position we've got four of already. Doesn't matter, just buy him. Yeah, yeah. bring, bring, it, bring it in over two free transfer windows, right? Like I said, they're trying to play too much football manager here. You can hoard all the wonder kids all you want. They've got some absolute ballers at Chelsea. Hoard all the wonder kids you want on the game, because at the end of the day, if they don't want to play, you just sell them for easy money, you know, but these are real human beings we're talking about here that you're messing about with. You know, you can't just hoard all that talent. No team does that. No team can do that. You have to get the balance and they haven't got the balance. Yeah. I think some of the young players, to be honest, some of the young players, the gems for, you know, the 15, 20 mils, I actually like that side of the business. All the players we've bought in that position are highly touted, highly rated, etc., And they do have resale value. Because they can go on loan, have a great season, we can sell them. So ironically, I don't mind that side of our business. But everything else, as you just said, Jamie, it's like you're buying players who are good. Great. That's 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 great. But where do they fit into the team? Because you're overstacking positions that we don't necessarily need more players in. Yeah. And now you've got Enzo and Gallagher starting who don't really know whether they're centered C, you know, center mid, CDMs or or CAMs. Like, and it's just a mess. Um, but yeah, I, I just I don't I, I don't even know I don't know what the solution is right now. I think the last question we need to ask: Can Chelsea get relegated this season? Reese, no chance. They're lucky that they've got all teams already worse than them. You know, <laughs> they will be fine. They just it just might mean a season of disappointment. Just calm down. Everyone needs to calm down. Well, before before you say calm down. Let me um, bear with me for a it's second. 2023 record, you can't say calm down. That uh, is yeah. relegation form. I yeah. You I, can't I, have nine months of football and get in twenty odd points. So I'm too demanding, and the whole point I'm is not... you to coach, and they don't want them to coach because you don't give them enough time. Just accept a season of mediocrity if it means you. They had it last season. Yeah, this has been for a year now. This has been for a year. Yeah. 
different scenario. I, I don't think they'll. I don't think they're actually going to get relegated. But at the moment, I don't see them getting top top half. I generally don't see how it's going to change that much to get them top half because they look woeful. We're going to be George. in the bottom five for the next few months. We we could be in the bottom three at Christmas. George, yeah, are, with you, that... are you going down? Are you? Are you think you'll stay up, or do you think you're going to? It's such be a funny question. To it's it's so ridiculous that we're even having this conversation. But let me just quickly reel off our run right in the league: Fulham, Burnley, and then the whole of October. I'm going to be miserable this Christmas. We've got Arsenal, Brentford, Spurs, City, Newcastle, Brighton, Man United. That's our next fixtures. How many points are we picking up in that? Before we wrap up, in your defence, oh. whenever everyone goes, oh, they've got a really difficult run, teams do tend to come out all right in those. So don't worry, you'll probably do all right. We might pick up a few nil-nils, but we, if we can't score, we can't win a game. So our max, our, at the minute, our max points per game is, is one. That's our problem. <laughs> and I don't... I don't see how it goes. I just, I, yeah, I don't see how it gets better. Someone just to put the ball in the back of the net. I'll be honest, preferably when they're not, preferably when they're onside, not offside. But I've, uh, I've seen, I've seen the worst crap where we've scored ten goals at home in a season. So I've lived through it. So it's now funny that it's not me. So yeah. our band, as I said, I said it last season. Our banter area is underway. Arsenal have had it. United are in it now. It's going to happen. Um, I've just got hope somehow it doesn't last a decade like United's. Um, on that note, let's wrap it up. Let us know your thoughts in the comments. Chelsea fans, non-Chelsea fans, a lot. But as always, like, comment and subscribe. You know the drill.